Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin. Wassalatu wassalamu ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A warm welcome to this week's edition of the program. At the time that this program is, it will be in the second half of January. So a new year and many people setting out resolutions or having had their children or themselves settled back into school or work and a chance to really focus on ourselves. The December holidays, summer holidays may have been a chance to uh, connect with family, with loved ones, but we also know that relationships can be as beautiful as they are, can be complex. Now, the common phrase of last year was that if someone is toxic to you, you should cut them out. And looking ahead for this year now, we're going to be talking about uh, toxic relationships and the hurt that comes from that. Some of us may have realized we need to create a space or distance uh, from our, for ourselves from people who've hurt us for various reasons. Uh, but today we're going to tackle this discussion in a positive and meaningful way. And to help and guide us through that, we're speaking today to an alternative holistic practitioner, a life coach who is also a physiotherapist, mashallah. Our guest today is Nadia Latib. Nadia, assalamu alaikum and welcome to Radio Islam. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, well, pleasure, our pleasure. Just grateful to have you with us and take us through a topic that can be quite sensitive. So let's start by, you know, going back to some of the basics. And that is we know uh, sometimes in life with certain relationships, we may have to have some, some space with them. People may sometimes opt to cut people out from their lives and it may be people very close to them. Um, maybe if you could shed some light on the trauma that comes up when a person ends temporarily or even more longer term, even permanently, a lifelong relationship or friendship with someone else. Yes, this is a very good question. And remember, when something like this happens, it has a very big emotional impact on the individual who lost this relationship. It's, it's the end of a lifelong relationship, so it can trigger numerous things. It can trigger a sense of loss, which is similar to grieving a loved one. Um, you know, the person may also experience a range of emotions, which could include sadness, anger, confusion, and even guilt. And with that comes an identity shift, because when you have a long-term friendship, you become entwined into each other's identity. And when you end such a connection, it may create a void that requires a re-evaluation of the self, um, of your purpose, and of course, of your social connections. And depending on how this relationship ended, there could be betrayal and trust issues. So, you know, if there was a breach of trust or betrayal, the person may struggle with feelings of betrayal, which is deeply painful. And because of these type of things, there could be um, potential uh, an impact on future relationships where there's lack of trust um, because of these severed friendships. And you have to have the ability to now form new connections and you don't know, you know, whether you're going to go in all out or you're still going to hold back depending on what you've endured. And then, of course, with that comes loneliness. So, you know, you, you're losing a lifelong friend and it may result in feelings of loneliness and isolation. 
um, especially if that friend was a significant source of companionship and support. And then, of course, mm-hmm. it's a new social adjustment because now you have to rebuild a social network which can be challenging and it requires time and effort to find new connections and to find people on the same wavelength and with the same levels of understanding and camaraderie. And then in many cases that I've noticed with clients that I've worked with, there's also an impact on your mental health. Um, your emotional, the, the emotional toll that it plays on your life, it can contribute to stress, anxiety, and sometimes even depression. Because some people don't know how to deal with the loss of somebody. And, you know, uh, or maybe, you know, they have their own traumas as they were growing up. So these type of transitions are very difficult for certain individuals. So there's a lot of things that happen when long-term relationships end. It can also affect your self-esteem. And you start questioning your own worth. And as humans, we have this tendency to blame ourselves for everything and overly scrutinize and criticize ourselves. Um, And another thing that could happen is if this friend of yours that you've broken uh, ties with is was also very closely connected to your own family, um, you know, this can have a, a family impact. The fallout may affect family dynamics and it can lead to strained relationships or even awkward situations. So all of that it, it's 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 literally the same as i would say when you lose somebody uh to passing away because everything changes when you lose um you know somebody who's so close your whole outlook to life is different you probably had plans with this person your plans to do things in the future all those plans are now gone um all those uh conversations that you people had together on uh, you know it's 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 no more sacred it's gone you don't know if this person's going to keep your secrets etc so it's a huge impact um on the person you know and and these are the types of traumas that people would go through if they experience this that's, you've given me a lot to think about because, um, as you mentioned, it can be akin to, to, to such you know deeper losses that we somehow understand much easier. But this is something we have to really think about and realize how deep this type of, these type of losses and the grief that can come and the hurt for that. Um, as, as someone who, who is in this field, perhaps you could tell us more about you know, why is it that we need to speak about this topic and the trauma that it brings up? I'm sure in your line of work, it's something that your clients are, are, are talking about or addressing, but many people are still very wary about speaking about this or acknowledging it. Um, yeah, tell us more about why we need to speak about it. 100%. So remember, when you speak about any kind of trauma, whatever tra- type of trauma it is, or, and especially when it's related to a toxic relationship, it allows that person to actually express that released, bottled up emotions. And that's a good thing, because when you keep emotions inside, eventually at some point it's going to erupt and it's probably going to erupt on the wrong people. But when you have somebody to speak to, whether it's a life coach, whether it's a a therapist, whether it's a family member that you trust, it provides a safe space for that person to share their experiences and their feelings and to validate the emotional impact of that relationship. And a nice thing about why we need to talk about this is because when you have open conversations about toxic relationships, it facilitates a lot of self-reflection. So sometimes 
you know, you're so into a relationship that you can't see certain things. But when you, you know, take two steps away and you look from outside, that's when you actually start to see things for what they truly are. Because I think it's human nature when we when we care so much about somebody and we are so loyal to them and we regard them as our best friends, we don't want to hear anything negative about them. We choose not to see it. We choose to see the good because, you know, this is my friend and I love this person. But then sometimes we miss certain red flags. So by by, by doing things like this, you start actually seeing that there were red flags, but you were dismissing it because of your loyalty or because of your love for this person. And by discussing the traumas, the individuals can gain insight into their own emotions and their own patterns of behavior and the impact that these relationships have had on their own self uh, sense of self or self-worth and that's very important because sometimes you are so close to someone but you don't actually realize that they were actually constantly putting you down and you become blinded to these things and you just accept it <clears throat> but once you start doing the work, you do the introspection and you go inside and you start seeing things and you have somebody to facilitate who's unbiased and says, but hey, listen, this, this, that, that, then you start seeing the big picture. And also when you explore traumas, it helps individuals to identify patterns in all the relationships that they have in their lives. Because remember, from the time you were small, uh, our parents condition us. They say, do this, don't do that. When you go to school, your teachers condition us and they say, do this, don't do that. And then we have life experiences which condition us. So based on your conditioning, you see the world through your own eyes. And you don't realize when it comes to relationships, you behave in a certain way. But it's only when these life-altering um experiences take place and you decide you know what you want to heal and you want to do the work and you want to go inside and find yourself that's when you start realizing this is my pattern this is what i've been doing in relationships sometimes because you were maybe never validated as a child when you have people in your life you know you you overcompensate with these people because you're constantly seeking their validation and um then you start realizing you're doing everything to people please and and, you know, you, you don't actually really know your own worth. But when something like this comes into your life, the best thing that can happen is you, you grow from it. You learn from it. And there's goodness in everything. No matter how painful this thing is, there's always goodness that comes from it. And if you recognize these repeated patterns of behaviors or these dynamics, you know, it allows you to make an informed decision about your connections with others and it can foster healthier relationships in the future because now you deciding that you are going to make a change and you decide that you know what no more uh, i've made these mistakes i've been constantly repeating the same mistakes without even realizing it but now i know better and mm. another beautiful reason um you know why we need to talk about these traumas is because it enables us to extract the valuable lessons from these life experiences I mean, everything in this world can only take place if Allah allows it to happen. So nothing in this world happens unless Allah allows it to happen. So when it happens, there's a really good reason for it. You know, Almighty Allah is bringing us closer to Him. He's teaching you. He's allowing this to happen to you because firstly, He wants you to turn to Him. And secondly, He wants you to grow. Or, you know, there could be so many different reasons why it's happening, but ultimately, with every bad, there's always some good that comes from it. And maybe when that bad happens, you may not see the reason at that moment, 
but maybe six months later or a year later when you look back you'll actually understand why it had to happen to you and there'll only be positive positivity that comes out of it and another reason is once these type of relationships end it teaches you to also set boundaries and to also prioritize your own well-being and when there's open dialogue about these toxic relationships it also empowers individuals <clears throat> to establish clear boundaries so you want to encourage somebody who has been through something you know talk to me uh, talk to somebody um, it's great for your mental and emotional well-being and it starts helping you to take control over your life yeah. Thank you for that, Nadia. You, you mentioned something really interesting about now knowing better or being aware and that, that level of awareness. So if we bring it back to choices, I'm wondering how do we then on an individual level assess if the choice I made was a good one or not? Because a lot of that self-doubt will, will creep in. How do we then assess? That's very true. And the reason why that self-doubt creeps in is because, remember, you're in a comfort zone. And the, the mind, the subconscious mind, keeps you all the time in a comfort zone because of your belief system programming. So the moment you want to step out and do something different, it will always confuse you. You'll always have this inner conflict within you. But these are some guideline principles which can help you evaluate your decision. So firstly, you need to consider your emotional state before and after distancing yourself from the toxic individual. And you need to ask yourself if you are experiencing a greater sense of peace and reduced stress and, and improved overall well-being, and reflect on your emotional resilience and the ability to manage life challenges. That's very important. Is your life better now that this person is out of your life? or? you know, um, or was it better when the person was in? These are the questions you have to ask yourself and you have to be brutally honest. And also assess how this decision has contributed to your own personal growth. Because have you now learned to set healthier boundaries? And are you learning more about yourself and your own needs? And have you implemented positive changes in your personal development, which are beneficial for you? And then also, when you take these principles into play, you need to ask yourself, like, what is the impact of your relationship and others? And are the connections with non-toxic friends and family members flourishing? Um, these are things you're going to look at and, and ask yourself, did I do the right thing? Also, <clears throat> you need to, um, when, when you cut out toxic individuals, it ideally should lead to a more positive and an uplifting environment. So also when you invest energy into, you know, friends and people or close people that, you know, were in your life and now you're no longer doing that, um, you need to ask yourself when you were involved with this person, this relationship, this friendship, um, was it being reciprocated in the same amount or were you doing or putting in more of the work? And are you maintaining and enforcing your boundaries? Um, are you better at recognizing and communicating your needs? And how was the communication? Was there respect? Was there disrespect? Was there abuse? Uh, you know, so it's basically you asking yourself these questions because when you answer honestly, you're going to know that this was the right decision. How did this person make you feel? Did this person victimize you? Did this person make you feel like you're not worth it and that your opinion doesn't count? Did this person dominate you? Um, 
Uh, did you have a fair say? So all these questions should be asked. And then that's how you know that you've made the right decision. And, and yes, you know, um, we all miss these relationships and stuff. But the important thing is, how is it affecting my life? Does it make you feel worse? Does it make you feel inferior? So you have to ask these questions. Also, you have to ask, does it support your journey towards personal fulfillment and happiness? So mm. there's a lot of things you need to ask yourself. And also a very important question you can ask is, um, was it bringing anxiety into your life? Was it bringing depression? Was it bringing trauma? And uh, mm. were you constantly having, you know, getting involved in fights or personal conflicts with others? And was your name being mentioned? And, and uh, how is the trust with this individual? And this individual that you cut ties with, were they true to others or were they constantly backbiting or were they constantly giving away stories that was entrusted to them? So ask mm -hmm. yourself questions and based on that, you know if you made the correct decision or not. Mm. Well, those are very insightful questions, and that's, I think, very empowering um, to, to help us move forward. Yeah. Excellent. I think a lot of us are waiting for the answers from everyone else, but questions like this help us to go inward. Well, that's awesome, Nadia. Thank you. Um, talking about the human experience, we, like you said, we miss that connection, even if it was someone who drained us out emotionally, made us doubt ourselves. Um, you know, what about now moving forward? Um, ways on how we can let go of the hurt and then move to a stage of acceptance. Is that even possible? I believe it is. And oh. uh, so, first, the most important thing we all need to do is if a relationship is ended, whether it's a friendship or family member. You first have to begin by acknowledging and validating your emotions that you are experiencing. And you also have to recognize that there's a missing connection, even if it was toxic, because it was part of your life at one point. And now you need to acknowledge it. And that's how the healing process begins. And you need to also reaffirm and clarify the reasons behind your decision that you distance yourself away from this toxic individual. Mm -hmm. So you need to also then define boundaries which will be essential for your own well-being. And you need to remind yourself of the negative impact that that relationship had had on your life. You have to constantly remind yourself, this is what it had done to me and this is how it's made me feel. And now I choose to move forward. And the most important thing is to practice self-compassion. So you have to start treating your own self with kindness and you need to understand yourself. And, you know, if you are um, missing the connection of that person in life, it doesn't diminish the validity of your decision because that's part of the human experience to crave a connection. So when you do feel that missing component, then just say, acknowledge it, okay, I am missing them, but it's better they're not in my life. That's what you should say to yourself. And then you shift your focus towards your personal growth and your self-improvement. And you have to find something that interests you and you know, you're passionate about and focus on that. Because if you're gonna keep focusing on the negative, you get more of the negative. But if you start focusing on positive things, that's what's gonna come into your life. 
So you can set, you know, set up a list of goals that you wish to achieve, or maybe there were things you've always wanted to do, but when this person was in your life, they didn't want to do it with you. Now is your chance to go do the things that you've always loved. Find things to do and keep yourself busy and focus and be purposefully passionate about what it is that you do. Bring joy and fulfillment to your life. And very importantly is to build a support system. You need a good network of friends or family or a community that shares the same values as you. If, for example, you don't have anybody to turn to, you can always contact um, uh, one of the therapists or life coaches, you know, who will understand where you're coming from. Because Mm. when a person leaves, there's this huge void. Even though it was toxic, there's still that void. And, you know, sometimes Uh, you feel nobody can actually fulfill that space. Well, you're going to feel that for a while, but as you start healing, that feeling goes away. And that's why it's also important for you to engage in mindfulness practices. So you need to stay present, be very, very present in yourself. And just accept whatever emotions come. Do not dismiss those emotions. And don't be judgmental about it. Because when you are mindful, you know, it can help you to observe your thoughts and your feelings and that gives you the ability to respond to it with a greater clarity and a greater calmness. And it's mm-hmm. important to get somebody to assist you. I would always say, you know, working with a therapist or a counselor or a life coach, because they help you to process emotions. And they can give you very valuable insights and coping strategies which are tailored to your own individual needs. And another thing I would like to say is, um, you need to also do often engage in self-reflection because you want to understand the lessons that were learned from the toxic relationships. Don't just slander, you know, that person and, you know, go on this this um, uh, campaign where you want to just talk bad about the person. Keep everything to yourself. Whatever that person shared with you, it wasn't a manat. You keep it yourself. It's called integrity. Do not discuss anything. It ended, it ended, let it end on a positive note. Like you've made mm-hmm. that, that this person is not good for me. Um, it's fine. I choose not to have this person in my life, but I'm still going to respect that person and everything they've told me because we were friends. And when I needed somebody, that person was there for me. Don't forget the things that that person did for you. It's very, very important. And, mm-hmm. you know, use all these insights to cultivate resilience and set healthier boundaries for your future connections because then you can foster a much deeper understanding of yourself and have better relationships. And every time, you know, there's one little stepping stone or a milestone that you pass, celebrate your progress um, with your own journey towards acceptance. But what I would like to also share with you on this question is that there's the five stages of grief. And we normally talk about the five stages of grief when we lose somebody that passed away. But you can also experience it when people go through a divorce. And you can also experience it when there was a many uh, a relationship for many years and it ended, uh, whether it's a friendship or whatever it is. So the first stage of grief <clears throat> is denial. You know, that's the part where sometimes maybe you didn't end it that person ended it and you can go into this denial state it's that missing of that person it's that pining you know it's still where the part where you still have hope maybe we're going to be friends again and then you create in your mind uh imaginary fantasies etc that's the denial part of the the stage of grief and then the Hmm. second part 
is the anger. And I think that's something everybody goes through and it's part of human nature. And that's the part where now you want revenge or you want to inflict hurt or pain on this person because you feel that, you know, your ego is bruised or whatever mm-hmm. it is that has happened. And then, mm-hmm. um, then there's the third stage, which is the bargaining. That's where you play over in your mind a hundred million times the what ifs. And what can I do to make it better again? You know, and sometimes we tend to lose our self-worth in this stage because we stoop to levels just to get somebody back in our lives or whatever the situation is and doesn't usually pan out the way we want it. And then the mm. fourth stage is depression. That's most of the time <clears throat> where people hit rock bottom and they they really don't know how to deal with it. And I've seen this with actual clients of mine. They go through this and it hits them really hard and they find it so difficult to pull themselves out of it. So these are the type of things that that people go through and the last stage is acceptance. That is the part where you actually accept the will of Allah, you surrender to it and you submit to it. And once you do that, literally, you start feeling better and that big weight is taken off your shoulders. Mm. Wow. You, you mentioned something, Nadia, uh, about self-compassion. And if we could slightly, just for briefly, just go into that a little bit. Uh, when we mean self-compassion, what does that mean exactly? Do we, is it forgiving ourselves or being um, lax towards ourselves? What is self-compassion? Self-compassion is where you, like how we always feeling compassionate towards everybody. Start feeling great about yourself and really start learning to love yourself because nobody in this world can love you the way you want to be loved. Only you can love you that way. And we have a tendency to love everybody in a certain way and most of the time we doing that because that's the type of love we, ex- we want to experience from that person. But no two people are the same and you're not going to get it. And, and then that's when the fights begin, right? So when you learn to love yourself, truly love yourself, and putting yourself first is not selfish at all. You know, it's, um, it's important because if you are not okay emotionally, how are you going to be a good mother or a good parent or a good sibling or a good daughter or a good wife. How are you going to be that way if you emotionally are a wreck? You're not because you're not coping and you're not dealing with it. So everything comes from the self. You first got to learn to love yourself. You first got to learn to appreciate yourself. You've got to learn to keep yourself because Mm -hmm. everything that happens, we tend to be overly critical about ourselves and judge ourselves and reduce ourselves to nothing. But why are we always so harsh on ourselves? And who taught us that? You have to learn to forgive yourself. You have to learn to love yourself. You have to learn to know your worth. Because when you do that, you also set a great example for your own children. And they will follow suit and they will see the strong figure and you'll be their role model and they would want to be like you and they will learn so much from you. And definitely it's not being selfish. It's important for us to do that because when you start understanding how important you are, then, and if you start treating your own self right, what you change on the internal environment automatically makes a change in your external environment. And, the, and if you have more positivity and there's self-love and there's, um, you know, self-forgiveness, 
the world automatically becomes a better place because it's that energy you give off. Because you're mm-hmm. happy internally. There's nobody you need to validate you and to make you feel happy. You already have it. So anybody who now comes into your life, they can add to your happiness, but you don't need them to be happy. So these mm-hmm. are important points that you need to remember. Mm-hmm. Inshallah, well, that's beautiful. What a beautiful way to understand what self-compassion is, mashallah. Um, Nadia, when it comes to family, especially Salatul Rahim, um, you know, we can't cut off ties in that instance. So how do you suggest we go about setting boundaries? That's a tough one, eh? <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I think from the beginning, you need to clarify the boundaries that you need to establish. And um, you need to identify the behaviors or the actions of the family member which are toxic or detrimental to your own well-being. And when you have this clarity, then that can guide you as to how you're going to communicate with them and base it, base it on your decision-making on how you're going to take steps further. So if, for example, um, this person is constantly gaslighting you or putting you down. Um, you can try to have a conversation with them. Most likely, if they're doing that, you're not going to get anywhere, but it's worth a try. And if you're not getting anywhere, you can call in a third party um, who maybe that person listens to and explain to them, listen, you're doing this. It's on a constant basis. It doesn't make me feel nice. I'm tired of it. And if you don't stop, then I think it's best we don't talk much. We'll make salam, but mm. it's best to keep our distance. You know, and, and this is you saying that, listen, I'm trying here, but you're not, you know, meeting me halfway. So you either stop or this is not going to happen anymore. And you're setting mm. those boundaries. And you have to be assertive, yet you have to be calm and direct when you communicate these boundaries. And you need to clearly express how these behaviors are affecting you and explain the boundaries you need to establish for your own mental and emotional well-being. And when you communicate with these people, you need to use I statements. So in other words, for example, you may say, I feel upset when you do X, Y, and Z, instead of placing blame directly on the family member, because uh-huh. that like, downplays it, you know? Right. Um, yes, and this helps to convey your feelings without triggering defensiveness coming from the other party. And then also clearly articulate the consequences of violating and establishing boundaries. So, you know, maybe decide we're going to have limited contact or we're going to take a break for a while or maybe we're going to seek support from others. And consistency is the key so that you can reinforce these consequences. And it's very important when you're setting and maintaining boundaries. And when you stick to stuff, it usually works. Um, If you're going to break that, Um, you know, things are just going to go back to the way they were. And when you, like, network uh, or have a network of individuals um, who understand your situation, they can also provide emotional support and guidance as you navigate through this process. So it's important to find a support structure. And then again, I'm going to say prioritize self-care because your mental and emotional well-being are paramount in today's life. So, again, enjoying active, you know, Engage in activities that bring you joy and where you can practice mindfulness and you can prioritize your overall health because that's going to help you to build resilience during these challenging times. Um, 
I would say that, you know, you can create physical distance by limiting the time spent with toxic family members. So you could reduce the frequency of visits, um, you know, and you can have a specific guideline as to when you do interact, how you're going to interact. Um, and then, of course, um, you know, e evaluate regularly the effectiveness of the boundaries that you have set. Um, do you need to adjust it? Do you need to uh, add certain things or delete certain things and be flexible about it? Um, and remember, things in the family dynamics could change, so you also need to work with that. Um, mm -hmm. Setting boundaries is a process, and it's also okay if you need to seek support to navigate these challenges. But overall well-being is paramount, and you need to do what is good for you. But don't completely cut ties off because that is not allowed in Islam. But, you know, rather distance yourself or limit the time interaction. Um, and that would probably give them a clear-cut message that, hey, I'm not doing right here. Now they've chosen to keep their distance. And that mm -hmm. would give them the opportunity to do some introspection and some self-reflection on their behavior. And maybe, who knows if Allah allows, they could actually change and become better. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Good. Um, I love how the, the angle of, of hope and having that hope because very often it can be doom and gloom and we're not flexible both with ourselves or towards others. So that, that's very refreshing to hear. Um, for this next question, you've been asked many times in your line of work, but say if a friend or a colleague cuts us off, how can we respect their choice? So it's now tables are turned. Do they owe us an explanation? Uh, we probably would feel hurt, but do they owe us the explanation? And then how, how do we actually translate that into action in terms of respecting their choice? Oh, that's a really good question. <laughs> I'm glad you asked it. So begin by acknowledging and respecting your, your friend's decision. And you need to also understand that every individual has their reasons for making such choices. And it's essential to honor their autonomy in deciding who they want in their lives the same way you can decide who you want in your life. And mm -hmm. importantly, you need to allow yourself the time and the space to process your emotions. It's natural to feel hurt and it's natural to feel confused or even angry when a friend cuts you off. But you need to give yourself the, that compassion we speak about and a space to navigate these feelings. First and foremost, do not make assumptions resist that urge because as humans we definitely want to assume and judge and say stuff um you don't know why they did it so don't try and figure it out um mm -hmm. people's decisions are often complex and they are influenced by a variety of factors so if you're going to speculate without clear information it's just going to lead to unnecessary stress and mm -hmm. what you can do is to reflect on the dynamics of the relationship and any contributing factors that may have led to the cutoff and use this reflection <clears throat> as an opportunity for personal growth and understanding rather than placing blame. And very, very importantly, you need to seek closure within yourself. And it's hard, it's not difficult because it, it, it involves acknowledging the end of a friendship and focusing on your own healing and growth. And most of us, we love to confront, right? But do not. <laughs> Do not do that. It's natural we want an explanation and you phone this person and you constantly call them 
but resist that urge to confront the friend immediately. Give both parties time and space before you attempt to engage in a conversation. But what I can say a very nice way to help you release emotions is the writing of a letter. <clears throat> so this is something I give all my clients who are going through something similar, is if you find it challenging to let go of an issue or something that has happened, and this applies to anything, not just toxic people, then what you do is you write a letter that you're not gonna send. And you write it to this person who has hurt you. And you can be explicit in your letter because you are releasing all that hurt, all that pain, all that negativity inside of you about the situation. And you're gonna tell them how they, how they made you feel, tell them what they did to you, everything you need to get out of your system, write it on that paper. And once you are done, it doesn't matter how many pages, it can be 10 A4 pages, no problem. As long as it's out of your system and then when you feel you've let go of everything, you've said everything that you wanted to on that letter, and then you tear it up. Because that's how you release emotions. It's the most beautiful way to let go. So if you find it challenging to let go, use this technique. It really works. And it's going to help you to articulate your feelings firstly, and secondly, it's going to give you a sense of closure without engaging in direct communication. And sometimes you write one letter and you still feel there's a bit of emotion, write a second letter until you feel it's left you and you're not uh, feeling any negativity about it and you're kind of like in a state of neutrality. And always view this experience as an opportunity for learning and personal growth. Again, I say that because you have to reflect what have you gained from this friendship? What are the lessons learned? And how are you gonna apply these insights into your future connections? Um, and then again, get a good support system. Surround yourself with positive influences because that also assists with healing. But one of the best things you can do is just find yourself. I know, especially as Muslim women, when we get married, we focus on our husbands and our in-laws and our children, and we tend to forget who we are. And many a time when I coach our Muslim women, I ask them about them. What are, what are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? What do you love right. doing? And they can't answer me. They're quick to tell me their weaknesses, but they can't tell me their strengths. So we right. tend to lose ourselves. And this is the best way to actually start finding yourself. Ask yourself those difficult questions because that's how you're going to find you. And that's how you're going to be the best you. And when you are strong and firm and you're, you know, mentally you're positive and emotionally you are great, you're going to be the best version of yourself and you're going to be that best mother and daughter and sibling and friend and everything else so mm -hmm. just remember <clears throat> um one last point i'd like to say everybody has the right to decide who they want in their lives so recognize and respect their autonomy is very important for us as well as for our personal growth Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, tell us a bit more, Nadia, for in, in terms of your line of work mm -hmm. as a physical therapist and now in the field of alternative holistic therapy. What was it that took you to that path, if, if we can ask? What is it that made you interested in learning more about that or practicing in that field as well? It's uh, interesting that you would ask me that. Um, I think from the age of six, I knew I wanted to be in the medical field. And uh, 
I, I, I loved helping people and uh, Alhamdulillah, um, I got accepted for physio and I studied it and I'm doing it now for 24 years. And uh, along my journey, I've, uh, people always, I think when you, when you touch people, because our work is very physical, so we do exercises or we work on muscles that are sore or tired. People, the moment there's the element of touch, people start opening up to you and they start talking to you and telling you about their own experiences. And I, I never had the tools to be able to assist them. I could only just listen. But sometimes listening is just what people need. And then I'm, I asked Allah for guidance and I said, I want to do more. And I know there's this purpose that we all have. And then as soon as I made that dua, these doors opened up and I started doing Afia healing and I started doing Sunna cupping. And then I went to study a little bit of energy medicine. And then I went into life coaching and all of it was mind, body and soul. And I understood mm -hmm. that everything works together as a whole. So the physiotherapy part was the physical body, the life coaching part was the mind, and the soul was the energetic body, which is the energy medicine. So all three complemented each other beautifully. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I learned so much. And sometimes, you know, a certain sickness, there's an emotion behind it. Every single sickness, mm -hmm. there's an emotion behind it. And it's your emotions which brings on sickness. And I've read numerous books about it. Um, there's uh, the author Caroline Leaf, she studied the brain for over 30 years intensively and she realized that toxic thoughts and emotions lead to sickness. And um, our cortisol is, you know, um, released from the brain every time we stress and and it, the closest place it's, is, uh, it's near is firstly your thyroid and then your heart and the incidence of thyroid problems and heart problems have increased. And it's amazing. And then when you learn to let go of these negative emotions, you know, um, through breathing and through releasing and um, surrendering, surrendering is uh -huh. not the but when you learn to do it, um, it's the most beautiful thing ever. As hard as it is, it's just a testament to your faith. And, and But once you can, you learn to do it, it actually makes your life so easy. So all of these complement each other and and that's why I'm so passionate about what I do and I love it. And uh, I, I firmly believe that whoever comes to me, you know, oh my Allah, send them to me for a reason. And I make dua that Allah guides me and allows me to help them the way he wants me to help them. And I Amen. Have to... Amen. So how can our listeners get in touch with you for your services? Um, I can leave my uh, email address and uh, yeah. a contact number if that mm -hmm. helps. Yeah, and, sure. uh, <laughs> if you could share your email address with us online, if you're okay sharing that with us for our listeners. Yeah. Okay, it's awesome. uh, transcendingpotential at gmail.com transcendingpotential at gmail.com and my uh, contact number is 082-500-5786 Awesome. Listeners, if you weren't able to get a hold of those details, you can always call our women's desk and ask for Mumtaz to put you in touch with Nadia and to be able to benefit from her services. You have so much of wisdom and compassion to share with so many. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala use you to benefit humanity at large and be a means of comfort for many, many people, Nadia. Amin. Jazakallah for your beautiful dua.
I mean, it's such a pleasure having you with us, such refreshing perspectives, and you've really made everything so simple for us to understand in a topic that would otherwise be very complex. So your clients are very blessed to have you, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, it's all by the grace of Almighty Allah. Thank you so much. Jazakallah for having me. It was such a pleasure and honor. Ameen, ameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.